like sometimes we get people calling about the cat hotel and then listen to them like you know i think pet sitting might be better for you and so um anyway they 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 work well they complement each other well hey there i'm janie budnick the pet biz guru and founder of the pet biz hive and pet biz mba the pet biz hive podcast is a space for pet business owners to still get all those things done while getting some tips and business education in their ears so pop in an earbud and get ready for the buzz. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to this week's special Pet Biz Hive podcast. Now, I am starting a brand new series. It wasn't that long ago that we did the revenue series with the different levels of revenue for pet business owners in their growth phases. Well, now I am doing the revenue streamlines. I am interviewing different pet business owners who have gone into a completely new revenue stream for their business. They still have, of course, their original business, and now they have gone into something new. So this week I have with me Julie Frederick with the Pet Sitter of Boise. She has pretty recently, I would say, branched into a new cat hotel. And so I wanted to bring her on to talk to everyone about that entire process, what that has looked like for her and what the future holds for her. So welcome, Julie. Thank you. Good to be here. Yes, I'm so glad to finally have you on. I have wanted to have you on here for a while because what I know of you is that you have a lot of amazing information. You have a very busy life. You have an extremely flourishing pet service there in Boise, um, all while working full time. I, uh, I feel not worthy sometimes when I talk to you about how you're able to balance your schedule. Well, you, you were doing the same for a while. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Plus, you had a baby in there. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> you know, that spends, that's a whole extra full-time job for all of those mamas out there. I know it. Uh, so fill everybody in, first of all, on the Pet Sitter of Boise. Uh, okay. So um, the Pet Sitter of Boise turned 20 this year. I started boarding dogs in my home when I was between jobs in 2003, and there were no jobs out there. It was a bad economy. So I went back to school and I was boarding like a couple friends' dogs at my house. And I started like going to people's houses and um, exploring like traditional pet sitting. And um, then I decided I wanted to be a nurse, just like Janie, (laughs) except I didn't know Janie then. So I started going to school and working full time and pet sitting. And I had this big plan that I would pet sit my way through nursing school. And that's how I'd support myself. So I took like four semesters of the prerequisites and I actually got a website for my pet sitting company. And um, to my surprise, the pet sitting company took off and I had to, I was at a crossroads and I had to either drop the pet sitting or my full-time job that I had finally got a job at that point or the nursing and I dropped the nursing. So something had to go. Oh my God. Something had to give. And then the rest <laughs> is history. And now fast forward 20 years, I have 50 employees and we 
it's a pretty big company. I mean, we have like covered the whole area. Um, that is pretty incredible. Congratulations on 20 years. I didn't know you hit that this year. Yeah. Yeah. 20 years this year. Huge wow. milestone. So you said you have 50, five, zero, right? Yep. I'd say maybe five of them are full-time-ish and the rest are, you know, part-time all over the place. It's a big puzzle. Yeah. Oh, believe me. I always say it's a game of Tetris trying to figure out how you put the pieces together. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. It completely is. You know, me, I'm an 80s girl, played plenty of that. Yeah. And, and so you do all of the management, all the admin, scheduling, everything yourself? Um, yes, I tried. Um, I tried having an admin. Um, it was, uh, I had an admin for two years, kind of a part time. And looking back, it was like kind of the wrong person for the job. But I stuck with her because I, I didn't really realize that. And then we parted ways and then I took the, took on the management myself again, all of it. And now I have two for the cat hotel. The, the goal is to have them manage the pet sitting as well. So, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. You definitely had quite the selection of employees as you were uh, jumping into this new venture. Mm -hmm. We will, we'll start talking about the new venture. So tell everyone what you have started. So we have a cat boarding facility. It's a separate business. I'm here now. That's yeah, can you hear in the background? <laughs> Growing kitty is there. Yeah, it's a separate business from the pet sitting. It's very, um, I guess, symbiotic is the word. It, it cross pollinates. Yes. To my surprise, it cross pollinates quite a bit. Like sometimes we get people calling about the cat hotel and then listen to them like, you know, I think pet sitting might be better for you. And so um, anyway, they, they, they work well, they complement each other well. Yes, they do. And so everybody, I'm going to drop this down in the show notes, but I'm going to put the uh, website down there because it is adorable. It is called the Cozy Cat Resort. So it's at CozyCatResort.com and it's luxury catboarding. And those of you that have followed her have seen some of the amazing pictures that she has posted throughout the process. And uh, this would this would be my bang too. I would love to do this. And I'm so excited that you've finally realized your, gosh, like dream, because you had been talking about this for a long period of time. When did you really start thinking about opening a brick and mortar? Because that's a big difference going from an in-home service to brick and mortar. Yeah. So um, I learned about like having um, catboarding um, for some friends that had pet sitting businesses and also did this and it immediately clicked in my brain. This was cool. I liked it. Um, I'm older than most pet sitters, <laughs> but um, I, I just am over all the dog barking and dog fighting and stuff. I would never want to have a dog kennel, um, but I did want a brick and mortar. And so uh, about five years ago is when I decided I wanted to do it. And um, we can talk about the journey to where I'm at now, but it, it's taken five years to get there. Okay. So you really started thinking about it five years ago. 
Yeah, and I just thought it would be something like I could just jump in and find a place and do it. But (laughs) (laughs) you learn differently, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, a lot differently from many people who have branched out into another revenue stream, you started thinking about this pre-pandemic. Yeah, it was was at least five years ago, five or six years ago. Okay. What kept you from it then? I couldn't find a place to do it. Oh, even then, even pre-pandemic. It's, it was extremely difficult to find a place. Um, there's a, okay, first of all, if, if you um, want to rent a place, the landlord hears cats and they, they shut down. They think cat piss. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, crazy cat lady, cats running <laughs> everywhere. Uh, they, they're, they're just like, no, no. So and, you had uh, found several landlords that shut you down right away? Oh, yeah. I even offered to pay like a year's rent at one time. And they're like, nope. <laughs> like, so what was different with this one? So I had kind of given up on the whole thing. Like, you know, it was I was excited about it five years ago. And I'm just like tired all the time. And I'm like, ah, I don't have the energy for this. But, you know, that stupid entre- defective entrepreneurial gene. Just, I know. What is that? Occasionally, it just, it gets you. It, it, rears, it sits there it, dormant. It rears ugly head, yes. It's dormant, and then it pops up again. <laughs> yeah, so my brain is just geared. Like, when I'm driving around town, I just look for places for rent, you know? And, cause, and I saw this place. Um, it was a dog training facility. And it's right next to a veterinarian. And on the other end, it's a restaurant, uh, a busy restaurant. It's a brunch, a brunch type restaurant. And so it's this little strip mall built in the 70s. And I noticed that they went out of business, the dog training. And I thought, well, that's weird. So I actually knew somebody that worked at the dog trainer. And I called her and I said, what happened to the dog thing? And she's like, oh, she's just doing it out of her home. She got a divorce and all this stuff. And I got, anyway, I connected up with the dog trainer and she gave me, I just asked her if it was a good place to rent and blah, blah, blah. And I got the landlord's phone number from her. And so I, um, I called the landlord. Do you want me just to tell the whole story? Yeah, gosh, you might okay. as well. You know, you got to think people people yeah. that are listening might have thought about doing this, but have no clue how to get started. So yeah, this so, is um, this is good. This is not your typical thing of, hey, I'm going to find an agent, a commercial agent, to find something for me. You really well, got I industrious. Went, I went through two commercial agents. They gave up. Oh jeez. <laughs> no, I'm serious. They they totally gave up. Well, but you got creative and you pursued uh, an opportunity here. So, yeah, yeah go I ahead. I wanted to buy a place and it was in an office park and the city was like, oh, yeah, you can have it there. And then the, the HOA of the office park didn't want it. Oh. <laughs> so I couldn't even buy a place. Um, anyway, so I called the landlord. It was just this married couple about my age and um, they had this was a they had a pizza place chain at one point and this was their office, this particular unit. And 
her name is Lori and her husband's name was Don. So Lori picks up the phone and I, you know, asked her if it was for rent and she puts me on speakerphone and she says, well, we would, we'd like to rent it, but there, there's just a problem. And um, I go, oh, what's the problem? She was, we have a parking problem. There's, there's no parking because the restaurant is so busy and they are, believe me. I went uh-huh. to this, it's a brunch place on the weekends and in the morning, like there's no, there's not enough spaces. And plus the vet, the vet next door is busy. Okay. And I said, well, I don't need parking. And she, they're like, you don't need parking. And I'm like, no, maybe one space, maybe two at the most. And she's like, oh. And then, then I'm prepared to tell them what I want to do and to tell for them to say, nope. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And they, so I said, oh, well, this is what I want to do. And I kind of start my little sales pitch, how clean it's going to be. And, and they're like, yeah, we'll rent it to you. Oh, you (laughs) you don't need parking? Well, that solves our problem for us too, you know? Wow. And, um, no, I go just when people drop cats off and stuff. And um, so then um, they said, well, we'd like, we need a year lease. And I go, I want a five-year lease. And they're like, oh, better yet. So they were all cool with it. And I said, okay, well, I need to go to the city and make sure I can do this here. So can you just hold hold it for me two weeks while I can get in there and, you know, get get an appointment so I got the green light from the city and I called them called them back and got voicemail and she didn't call me back for a couple weeks and I'm like oh I'm thinking to myself yeah I just need to ditch this idea Uh this is a sign it's not meant to be right and then she calls me back and she was crying and she said, my husband died. So in that oh. two week period, her husband got his cancer, got cancer back and died. Oh. And she goes, it happens so fast that everything's kind of a hot mess with the properties. Like they weren't in her name and stuff. And um, so I said, Lori, I said, just, you know what? I said, I, I'm just going to, you just call me if you want to do it at some point and, and you got to deal with this. I understand. And so just kind of forgot about it. And about a month later, she called me back. She was, I'm ready to move forward. And from there, it just was a series of getting permits. And I had, um, I think that started like last July, the whole thing. And then in December is when we finally got to start, um, doing some things like uh-huh. I think we got the permit and it took like six months to to get through the construction and everything all the so, build out so during yeah. that whole time you of course were you know paying paying your lease you know yeah she, whatever you she got gave, she gave me a discount on the lease for like six months okay well they were very time. agreeable yeah, but there was a lot that I had to do that I didn't expect. Like, they didn't have ADA-compliant bathrooms. Okay. So I had to rip out the two bathrooms and put a big one in, and she paid half of it um, and stuff like that. But 
Okay. Um, but yeah, it was um, basically it took twice as long and cost t- twice as much as I was expecting. <laughs> isn't isn't that the way everybody should plan? And we yeah. all hear, we always hear, oh yeah, that's how it's going to be. But why do we always think that we're not going, you know, that we're going to be like the exception to that anytime we start something? Oh yeah. no, it's, it's, I know what I'm doing. It's not going to be <laughs> twice as long and twice as expensive. Well, yeah. I mean, it's really stressful too, because you have to surrender to it at some point because once you get, once you start, there's no stopping. And well, yeah, you're you're committed at that point. Yeah. So, so fill us in on the actual facility itself. So, like, how many square feet do you have there? Uh, it's two thousand square feet, and I built um, eleven rooms, and they're like four by six by eight feet tall. And then um, another l- stroke of luck I got was um, these. They're like portable, um, not portable. They're, they're called, I call them townhouses. Okay. They're about the size of a phone booth mm, and they have, um, pre-manufactured condos. Yeah. These are, um, like to buy them, they're like 2000 bucks a piece. Mm-hmm. Like it's the kind that you probably see like at PetSmart, but these are, these are custom made mm-hmm. and they're, um, the top part is, uh, has a shelf and just a like a floor and the cats hang out there and has a mesh screen door and then the bottom then they go down to use the litter box and then below that it's storage for their stuff and I originally wasn't going to build rooms because the city was going to make me spend $25,000 on blueprints for the rooms oh and then I, I got around that. Um, I was really lucky. Um, but anyway, this vet in town boarded cats for 20 years. And January 1st of last year, they stopped boarding. They, they needed the space for vets. And um, in August, so they quit boarding last January in August, I just picked up the phone and I called them. I said, do you still have the, the cat condos? yeah do you want them oh my gosh and i was like yes oh my gosh seriously and i go how many do you have and she put me on hold and she was 21 or 22 (laughs) and i was like my neighbor guys are they have like a lawn service and it was like past the lawn season and i they went over the next day and and they they got all of them and put them in my garage. Yeah, I'm bringing the trailer now. <laughs> and and they they just said, yeah, just make a donation to our needy our needy cat fund, and you can have them. Wow, and, that is an amazing an amazing oh, find. I was like floored. I mean, they had them. They kept. I mean, it was like nine months after they had quit boarding, too. You know. And wow. Um, so yeah. what? So you have your eleven rooms, and you have those. Yeah, we have right now. We had to rehab them because they're twenty years old. So we painted them, and we had to like do a few things to fix them. And um, right now we have like fifteen of those that are functional. Okay. And then we have eleven rooms, and then we have more more that we haven't gotten to yet. Oh like, my goodness! So we have like yeah. twenty one. 
So what is your, I guess, capacity for kitties at your location? Uh, so right now, probably, let's see, the rooms, I mean, the rooms can hold more than one cat. The condos can only hold one cat. So I'd say um, probably about 26 right now. Okay. And yeah. what day did you open? Officially. Um, I guess probably, started boarding your first cat. We'll go with that. Probably a couple months ago. Okay. And how and, many cats do you have today? Well, this is our, we're at a, our record is night. Right now we have 19. But okay. We, um, but we, like last week we had three at one point. So, okay. Okay. Um, well, so, but I mean, yeah. that's a, that's already saying a lot because you're, you know, you already have a peak point here where you've hit 75% capacity in yeah, a couple of true. months, girl, listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're really not even um, promoting it yet. Cause we're not done with the place. We, we still need to paint and some paints and stuff. And mm -hmm. um, we have a big punch list. We're probably 80% there, but right. Yeah. Well then, you know, I mean, as for like the build out and the painting, it's, it's beautiful. Um, uh, but don't I recall you saying that you were really researching, um, trying to have, uh, um, did it have to do with the fear free certification, really having some colors that were complementary uh, to reducing um, stress and, uh, yeah, we're not, I don't think, we're, I don't, I haven't really looked into the fear free thing, but um, okay. yeah, the colors I've been trying to get um, like some colors that are, you know, calming. And that was it. A little more researched than other people clean. who just throw their favorite colors on the wall. <laughs> uh, that's true. I've seen some purples and pinks out there that are kind of crazy. Uh, but, yeah. Um, we have a lot of white too because, um, I want, we only have like one big window and then the door. Um, so I want to make it as bright as we can and stuff. Mm -hmm. so. And did you have like another uh, facility that you were modeling this off of whenever you started like creating the design or was it just something that you had in your head? based off um, of past experience a combination I've, i have some friends that have cat hotels and they they kind of mentored me along and um and then i just looked at the floor plan like what would work in here and then we have those um, the townhouses that we have on wheels so we can kind of play with how to position those around and stuff mm -hmm. yeah so yeah and it looks like you have like kind of open open play area in yeah the so I, um, I actually got that idea from um the cat doctor where we got the the condos um they had a, an area like that their area was much smaller and they had the outdoor furniture and i thought that's kind of cute and so um just kind of as a side thought i thought mm, i'll order that it was on sale at costco and i ordered this like outdoor set and that has turned out to be very well received like people love that there's kind of a spacious open area where the cats can hang out and you know stuff mm -hmm. so, yeah so you just kind of rotate the ones rotate good ones in and out of there 
Um, yes, we if if they want to come out, which they all want to come out, almost all of them <laughs> want to come out. Um, we rotate them in and out. Yep. That is such a cool idea. Yeah, I've seen you know the pictures of them just hanging out in the condos and yeah, it just find a little soft spot on the back of the couch, you know, just like home, a little home away from home. Yeah, they like to explore. The cats um, seem to settle in better if they can um, roam around a little bit and get the lay of the land. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's awesome. So you you had mentioned about. Uh, earlier on about having kind of the managers and the crossover. What mm -hmm. does your staffing look like? I guess now overall, do you have crossover between employees and, and how do you have your facility uh, management set up? Yeah. So um, despite me waiting, you know, not, not doing this for five years, I, I really didn't have anything really planned out. Um, kind of, <laughs> I know, I know, um, kind of, you know, I had a vision, but that was probably it. And I kind of did this flying by the seat of my pants. And, um, so I have two employees that have been with me in the pet sitting for a long time. And, um, one of them is she has vet tech experience and she's been with me for 10 years and, um, she also works at a vet and she's very loyal. Like she, in the afternoons, um, she works part-time at this vet, very, very loyal to that vet. So I approached her and I asked her if she wanted to manage this. And she said, well, I'd like to be, a, you know, 20 hours a week there. Uh huh. And she was burned out of pet sitting. So she was ready for a change. And then the other one, um, who gets along really well with the first one um, and they work in the same territory. She's been with me five years and she's just really solid. And so I said, do you want to do the other 20? And so um, the one does like eight 30 to 1130. And then we have a break and then the other one comes at two to six. And then I come in the evenings for a little while. Um, they come Monday through Friday and it's been really interesting because my whole goal, like a big part of this is I want them to manage the pet sitting, like I said. Um, okay. And have, I want them to do both. And I got that idea from a friend um, as well. There you go. Um, but it's been really fun watching this evolve because they had no idea what they were getting into. And... At first, it was kind of a, <laughs> you know, kind of a mess. I don't want to swear. Right. Anything, but, you know, it was a blank show. <laughs> and, right, um, right. And, well, it's, uh, you know, especially when you're blazing a trail. You know, you don't have to call it that. You're, you're blazing a trail. There's bound to yeah. be new things to come up. But but they're both, they're both self-starters, and they both started learning the the software and I had lots of ideas about how we should do things and we had you know we talked a lot communicated a lot and they actually really love it they're having a blast with it um they love hanging out with the cats they take all these awesome pictures and um they like getting to know the person 
personalities of the cats and and um they're liking it it's it's been fun it's it's really weird like it's weird that the clients come here we don't go to them <laughs> we actually right. yeah, see little, the clients <laughs> a little bit of a transition <laughs> yeah i kind of like it <laughs> so wow that is amazing so with um with the entire thing, I mean, you said, you know, of course it took twice as long and it cost twice as much. Mm -hmm. What, what like is the rough expense that you had upfront for build out and everything you need? I mean, of course, you know, given that you did get those 21 condos for free, which yeah. would have been a lot more cost to a lot of people, roughly what, what was your output to get this up and running? I'm going to say 70 to a hundred thousand. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's a significant chunk of change for people to think yeah. about, but that included, I mean, your entire build out, you had to do construction, put in new bathrooms, uh, all the systems yeah. I'm sure function since it was in a strip mall. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of like, um, electricity stuff. Um, this is an old building and like the dog trainer before us didn't do anything. And there, there was asbestos on the floor. Oh, um, the landlord did take care of that because, but I took care of putting the floor in after they got the asbestos out. Okay. Um, you know, but it was pretty much taking it down to the studs. It looked like. Yeah, it was really dingy and gross in here. So, and it's, it's so gorgeous now. <laughs> It was a lot of, it was very stressful. And, you know, the good thing about the cost and the time and the finding, having a hard time finding a place is that it has a high barrier to entry. <laughs> right. Yeah. With that upfront expense. So of course, I mean, there's your build out, but then there is like your, well, you know, people call it just your monthly nut that you have to make. Mm -hmm. Did you, have you figured out yet? Like, where your break even point is just on your monthly to be able to cover everything? Like how many cats uh, your, based off your capacity, what kind of boarding boarding capacity do you need to break even? Yeah. I haven't really looked at the numbers yet. Well, you know me, I'm the numbers girl. I'm always going to ask people things like this. Yeah. Cause that's the big thing. It's probably yeah. like nine cats a day or something like that. I don't know for sure. Okay. Well, you know what? Now I'm going to be on you to crunch those numbers. I was <laughs> just recently talking to someone else who's looking at starting a, a brick and mortar training facility. And mm -hmm. that was one of the numbers we really needed to focus on in our coaching was, you know, what does that look like? Because she was planning on having very boutique style training classes. And, you know, you have to really balance out all those numbers to make sure that you're still profitable yeah. whenever, well, when you have it all in consideration. One of the things that complicates things is, um, you know, this isn't, this is supposed to be managing the pet sitting business as well, which right now they don't spend much time on that, which I've got to push them to, to do more time scheduling and getting to know the pets that are Boise stuff, because when you're here with the cats, you want to take pictures of the cats and you want to, of course, you know, we're still, we're still finishing things and I have to be really careful that they don't just get sucked into managing the cat hotel only. So, yeah. And yeah. so I have, 
I don't know what percentage is going to be expense to the pet sitting and which is going to be expense to the cat hotel. And if we're going to need more part-time employees, if, if I have them managing it, then I can't have them cleaning litter boxes all day when they're supposed to be scheduling pet sitting and stuff. So, right. I there's don't a, really have that figured out yet. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of detail to all of that. You know, I talked to boarding facilities who are looking at starting uh, dog walking or pet sitting services and it's the same consideration when you're in this one mentality of scheduling. It's huge, no matter which way you go, to mm -hmm. figure out what the best balance is. And I know there are a lot of businesses out there that run both and do it very successfully with a shared employee base. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, it's tough, especially at the beginning. Every market is going to be completely different on what the need is. Yeah. What, and, you know, everybody's going to gravitate to creating the job that they're comfortable with. And that, that was the problem I had with my employee that I tried to, you know, mold into something for two years is that she was afraid of everything. She was afraid of the technology, everything, she, you know, um, she was from a different generation where they didn't have mm. technology. Yes. Yes. And so she, the thing that she was comfortable doing that she created her job was to ride my butt to do things <laughs> instead of doing them herself. Uh -huh. Aha. Because and it's, it, you know, that's one of the huge transitions um, <laughs> with just being an entrepreneur and a business owner anyway, when you have a team is, figuring out how to manage. Um, yeah. You have to keep your eye on the big picture. Like, why did I hire this person? It wasn't to ride my butt to get back to the clients. It was to have somebody else get back to the clients. You know? Right. So, and but, um, but it's not saying that I've nature. got it, not saying that I've got it perfect, I've, but I've been through years of having managers in some capacity mm -hmm. and a lot of iteration. Of yeah, you, ha you have that to reel like. them in. You have to keep, you know, have to keep your eye on like what was the purpose, and you know, you gotta, you gotta avoid for that to happen for them to gravitate to what they're comfortable with. You know, yes. yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's the job that needs to be done, and there's the are, these are the skills that that yeah. job needs, and then finding the perfect person that has those skills, it, it can be rough no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. So, yeah. Taking it on times two. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and, you know, it's kind of like I saw this book. Um, I was at a pet visit and I saw this book on the client's table and it said, oops, I'm a manager. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Like, I was like, you know, I kind of feel like, um, even though I've been managing 50 pet sitters, I kind of feel like, oops, now I'm a manager of this place. And I don't know if I like that because it's different. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a far level different um, difference in management of managing in person versus managing an autonomous team by text, mm. by phone, by, you know, messenger through your software, uh, you know, very, very different to have that direct face-to-face -face contact. And you have to brush up on some skills that some people, you know, lost 
during the pandemic and some people never had in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, the, but the good thing is I do, I do finally feel like I have the right people in the job. I just have to, I just have to make sure that I keep an eye on what they're, you know, what we're doing and make sure that I mold them into the managers that I want them to be and how, how I want this organization to be, which I'm still figuring that out. <laughs> It's so. time to do a little visioneering. Get that, that vision of what you want it to become and then reverse engineer it to make it that way. Yeah. What this a great so thing, though. Now you've got me like tempted to start looking into this myself because I've, you know, <laughs> we've talked about this. I have thought yeah. many times about doing this. So, you know, you might get me back out there looking at real estate again. Yeah. Well, you better start because it sometimes, I mean, it might fall into your lap, but. Um, it, it's, it's not very easy. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, things are going to happen at the right time too. I've yeah, many, like probably over the last 10 years, I've looked many times at brick and mortar and, um, again, it just wasn't the right time. Right. You just but it's to... very inspiring to talk to people who are doing it. So you're going to grow and you're going to be looking for another five-year lease somewhere else. I think. <laughs> If you really think back, I mean, this has been a, a you know pretty short period of time here in your business history. Mm -hmm. What would you have done differently if you could go back and kind of start this whole build out phase from the beginning? Uh, you know, concept wise, anything else you can think of that you would have done differently that you could give advice to people who are considering it? Get more detailed about the work that needs to be done. You know, there are too many like surprises along the way and uh, the contractors kind of like, they just like would disappear for a couple weeks, you know? Oh and gosh, you know, that's terrible. I mean, my husband, my husband does contract work and um, mm -hmm. unfortunately that's, that's a thing in that entire mm -hmm. industry. We need some painting done and um, guy called me immediately. He came over. He gave me a quote. I said, okay, yeah, that, that's fine. I didn't argue with him. He said he was going to start Monday. I called him like Saturday night and I said, hey, I just want to make sure we're starting on Monday. Left a voicemail. He ghosted me. Haven't, haven't heard from him since. You know, I mean, a lot of those, uh, those industries are desperate for help right now um sometimes i think they're desperate for some business knowledge too <laughs> yeah i don't know why they don't just say oh, i'm sorry i can't help you right now yeah too busy whatever yeah <laughs> so anyway so i ran in, you know there's a lot of that like you have to just surrender to the process and um i think maybe i could have done some things up front on the expectations um okay and yeah, just so good to line up your, you know, your network and your people that you're going to count on early <laughs> mm -hmm. and get that worked out. And then so like financially, you wish you had known financially that it was going to be. Uh, what did you predict initially that build out was going to be? Oh, half of that. OK, yeah. so like literally um, <laughs> half. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I mean, I had it all on paper. And it was half. <laughs> so. Wow. 
So what are some of the biggest things that you didn't expect that popped up as you were going through the process? More electrical, the, the whole bathroom thing. Um, oh, okay. So that was, that was a surprise. Uh, I guess all based off of code that the city gave you? Pretty much. And then so kind of smart to know all of that ahead of time when you're even looking for yeah, and then like more footage. The electrician, he kept needing to get into the ceiling. And so we had to cut holes in the ceiling and then the contractor would have to patch those up and that was expensive. And, and, and that that's usually the problem, especially when you get into electrical, you have no clue what is behind those walls. You know, that's what my husband always says is you, you get to that point and you could be opening a whole can of worms. And I'll make sure if any of you that are listening are planning on looking at brick and mortar, that you get some very trusted people on your side that know what they're doing mm-hmm. and that you know, like, and trust. And, and it's uh, not always a money thing. Like um, I didn't pick the cheapest person or anything. I think there's probably a lot of people, you know, that might be li- listening that have gone through that kind of a construction process and, and no, they're all nodding their head. Uh, and honestly, whether you're going commercial or residential, it's the same problem across the board. Yeah. But you've got it now, and it's amazing, and it's beautiful, and I invite everyone listening to take a look uh, both at your uh, Pet Sitter of Boise website and, of course, the Cozy Cat Resort. I have those both linked down in the show notes because Julie is definitely an industry leader and uh, one to watch out for. She's got an incredible business on, of course, the in-home pet care end. And I know that this will be just as successful. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Biz Hive. You can follow me at Pet Biz Hive on both Facebook and Instagram and learn more at PetBizGuru.com. What is your next best move?